Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Shut up and sit down. Hello, welcome to another episode of the Bowhunter Chronicles podcast. I'm your host, Adam, and John is with us today, as well as Frank. Frank is back. Um, tonight we're going to talk uh, a little bit about uh, turkey season, uh, but first I want to get a little bit of business out of the way. Make sure you're uh, going online and, and taking a look at our Facebook page. Um, we got some pretty good giveaways coming up. We're going to have a three-month subscription to the Bowhunter Box Club. Uh, Jason helps us out quite a bit. Uh, if you guys would go on there and uh, kind of take a look, look around. They've got the full draw box coming out uh, for the first time in March. It's a $150 uh, box. Uh, it's got about $225 worth of value. It's, it's really exciting. I mean, we like getting those boxes in the mail. The February box was just the regular subscription box for 40 bucks. It was $110 worth of uh, arrow fletching equipment. So that was really good. You can go on there and save 10% by using Chronicles. Um, you can use the code Chronicles. It'll save you 10% on your first box or, or any of the orders for the VIP. Uh, they do a bunch of giveaways. They're giving away. Uh, they just gave away a, a turkey hunt in Kansas. It was a $1,200 um, turkey hunt. So it's pretty good. kind of goes along with what we're going to talk about tonight. We're going to talk a little bit about turkey hunting here in Michigan. Um, and then you can also go check out our... Uh, our Instagram, we've got a thousand followers on Instagram and 200 on Facebook. So if you're, <laughs> if you're listening to us, um, you know, go ahead and tell a friend, tell them to go check out our Facebook, our Instagram. And if you like, you know, if you like what we're doing, uh, tell one of your friends. And if you're listening to this, you know, whatever you're listening to it on, um, go ahead and give us a review on, on iTunes or Stitcher. Um, that'll help us out as well. Even if it's bad, yeah, any sort of good, feedback. bad or ugly. <laughs> so, <laughs> So, yeah, but you can also go to Serviceide um, and take a look at uh, their stuff. They've got apparel. Um, you can use uh, code Chronicles, save 10% there. And they also have um, 
lone wolf tree stands. So, I mean, if you're in the market for a tree stand, lone wolf are, are probably one of the best out there as far as, um, like stealth or quiet. I mean, I've got the sit and climb and I just absolutely love it. But I mean, to save 10% on a $300 stand, it's, it's a pretty good deal. So definitely go check them out, serviceide.com. Um, and use code Chronicles there for 10% off. That'll, that'll help us out as well. But, uh, yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna talk a little bit of turkey hunting, turkey hunting, um, here in Michigan. Um, the draw was just released today. So if you put in for, uh, we have three different seasons. They have a first season, um, second season. And those, those seasons are what? Seven days, nine days, something like that. Uh, first one might be seven days or something like that. Yeah, the second one's a little longer, I think. Yeah, it's been so long since I've yeah. put in for a draw season. It's yeah, so, so we generally just have been picking the the third season. Um, so basically, it's the entire month of May. And um, you can still pick different zones. So you can pick a little region here or there. Uh, but they have like a kind of like a kind of like a leftover season, leftover tags. And it's hunt uh, 234 for you Michigan guys, but it's kind of runs along the rifle line. So southern Michigan is uh, private land only, and then it's all lands um, in northern Michigan. So public, private, uh, anything. So uh, for us being, you know, working guys, well, I guess I'm a working guy <laughs> with the family. And, and uh, you know, I, I don't have that much time to hunt during the week. So, um, it, it works out really well. It allows you to be flexible. And I mean, there's been years, even recently where the first seasons have been snow covered and just right. nasty. And, and if you've only got a week, you know, you're pretty much stuck. So yeah, you're pretty much shit out of luck. If the weather's bad and you got a week and birds are all, you know, they're shut down. Weather can dictate, you know, a lot about turkey hunting. So you know, if you're like you say, if you got a week or two, you know, is all. If you got a month, odds are a lot better. You know, but you could hit it right where and that first Absolutely. week, and you got Absolutely. the perfect weather, and it's just nuts. So the birds oh, are oh, goblin, and and they and they they haven't been messed with, you know, and they'll come right in, you know. Right, but uh, for the most part, anyways, uh, they'll come in. Yeah, I think we do all right as it is. I mean, so last year was the first year that I ever attempted it with a bow, and I almost exclusively hunted with a bow. Um, we we went out, and I think it was it was our opening weekend, right? Yeah. So Frank, yeah. Frank, John, and I went out, and we'll we'll get to that story a little bit later. Um, but it it was fun. But that was the first time that I'd attempted it with a bow, and it was really, really different style hunting than, than normal. I mean, I think at least the way that I've always hunted with Frank is it's always been, and it, it was with Frank, but it, it, in the years that went, went on, it was the style that I hunted because that's just the only way that I knew, but it's always run and gun, you know, it's stand out there with your cup of coffee and, fire off some calls and if something answers then that's where you're going and if not you you still go over there and <laughs> you sit down and you wait we were talking a little bit before this about being patient and, and things like that but 
you know, I didn't grow up turkey hunting at all. The first time I turkey hunted was when I started dating my wife. And I said, do you, do you hunt? Oh, I'll put in for a turkey hunt. You can go with my buddy. And uh, I did. And I think, you know what you're saying, We that was when we put in and we hunted the first season. It was, it, I guess it just wasn't as fun as, as last year. I mean, it was a literal, we got out of the truck, didn't even shut the door, hadn't even had the guns out of the case, turkey gobbled. We walked like 50 yards and he called, turkey gobbled. And mind you, I've never turkey hunted. I don't know distances. I didn't. We never patterned this gun. This gun, my brother had just gotten a brand new um, 870 ass kicker, featherweight, three and a half. So Frank says, that'll be just fine. You know, just uh, put the bead at the base of his neck because we didn't pattern it and you should be fine. Well, being a deer hunter, this turkey gets about 35 yards away and he's coming. I mean, he's running right at us. It's just a little jake, but I mean, it's your first turkey on. It's exciting. And uh, I shoot. Feathers go everywhere, but he keeps on running. And it was like someone hit me in the face with a ball bat because this gun was so light and three and a half was... Probably too so much. <laughs> too much for that. So that then over the left shoulder where the collar was, barks the single barrel ten gauge, rolls over the turkey. And it's still kicking around, so I gotta go up there and shoot it again with this hammer, freaking sledgehammer gun. Bam! Right in the face. <laughs> Another one. All for a two inch Jake. But man, it was exciting. Even with that, like you're saying, you know, sometimes you hit it just right. But for me, I I kind of like the challenge, the 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 back oh. and forth, and the you know that whole thing that you don't get with with deer hunting. You know, that's that's the fun part. Right. Well, that's you know, I grew up hunting with with Uncle Frank and my dad, and of course, my dad's got his own his own way of turkey hunting. But we won't get into that. But and back then, it was, I mean. We had to drive, get up super early, and we'd drive all the way up to Baldwin or whatever, you know, so an hour and a half north, you know, because there wasn't turkeys around here at that time. And so, I mean, that was the fun. And we even camped up there. We'd go up and stay and hunt. That was like a blast. That was awesome. And, you know, we killed birds. My first bird I killed was just a little Jake. It was like a double. My dad killed his same time. And those memories I always have. And we had a great time. But then as the years went, went on, the birds started moving south and now it's like everywhere you look is there's birds you know i got birds coming down my backyard and you know i drive down the street here in staple road and there's 50 turkeys crossing the road practically every morning it's like i kind of lost interest in it years ago and then then i was like well you know what i'm gonna start bow hunting and so i tried it there was probably two years where i tried it just kind of just went out and and maybe hunted twice. No, I had no shots or anything. And then ended up going out with my brother and my dad. And the the first day, I was uh, the Robin Hood of the of the county. But my brother calls in. He called in like three nice toms, and they kind of got hung up on the brush in this brush pile. And they were about probably thirty yards out. And I, my brother's sitting behind me, and I was in the pop up doghouse. And you know, I'm like, oh, I'm all excited now. I'm a just kind of like what 
you know, what happened with you. Of course, there was no one filming. But so I draw back and I use the wrong pin and, and shot underneath it. I misjudged the distance. So I'm like, what? And he didn't even have any idea really what happened. He just, you know, he gobbles again, but he kind of circled back out a little bit. And then this time I shot over him. And <laughs> this is like for range finders. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We didn't have range finders. Actually, my dad did have a range finder, but it was like yeah, the size was... of a freaking small computer, you know, <laughs> or a large computer nowadays. <laughs> and then finally I flung another arrow. And uh, this time, and by this time he was out probably close to 50 yards. And, of course, I should have been done at that point. But I did hit him. But I hit him, like, low, like, just grazed him. And he went walking off, and he, he had this limp. And my brother's like, man, he just gave that turkey the pimp stroll. You know, <laughs> he's next time we see him, he's going to have all the hens. But uh, so needless to say, I ended up uh, empty-handed that day. But then, so we went back to that same area the next day, and, end up having a run-in with uh these guys were uh, actually they were running their dogs but they weren't they weren't running them they were actually dragging them they had their leashes hooked up to the bumper and they're just driving these two tracks and literally we've seen tracks like what is this what are these marks you'd see the paw print and then just like it was wiped out well as the dog couldn't keep up anymore and just dragging them we end up calling the we end up calling the police or calling the dnr officer and in the meantime they end up, well, we're going to wait for them. They end up dropping me off at the other spot. I got all set up in my tent, got the decoys out, and started calling. And all of a sudden, here comes a nice Tom in all by himself, just strutting down, strutting in. And he probably had another, oh, 15 yards to go, and he would have been, like, right in the perfect shooting lane. And all of a sudden, and I'm just, I'm just off the edge of this dirt road that hardly gets used. And all of a sudden, I hear this loud noise, and it's coming from the north. I'm like, what is that? And all of a sudden, I see it's a road grader. <laughs> and he's coming down. And there's a road. There's another, like, dirt road, like, a half mile up, and it's perpendicular to the one out. And I'm like, man, turn right, turn right. Nope. He turns left, starts coming down. And that just as he's getting close to me, that, that Tom, like, looks out there, hears that noise, and turns and just walks right straight back to where he came from. I'm like, oh. So I'm like, well, I guess <laughs> that opportunity has gone. You know, maybe he'll come back. But So I'm just going to sit there and wait anyway. I was waiting. Um, they dropped me off, so I didn't know how long they were going to be gone. So I just kept kept sitting, and I'd call every, you know, i just throw out a few clucks and prayers and call every 10, 15 minutes. And all of a sudden, sure enough, I w- he was he never gobbled again. He, he was gobbling when he first come in. Well, this time also, I'm just sitting there, and I'm half falling asleep, and I hear, <laughs> I was like, and I look, and sure enough, right back down that same two track, here comes a hen first, and then another hen, and then all of a sudden, then I seen that Tom, and I'm sure it was the same one, mm-hmm. you know, about the same anyway, he had like a 10-inch beard, and all of a sudden, he's strutting right behind them hens, well, them hens come walking in, and he's just following them, and they come right in past the decoy. And then, but the hens end up, they're like five yards in front of me or to my left of my blind. And finally that Tom, he's just taking forever, taking forever. Finally he gets in there and he's strutting for the decoy. Finally, I'm like, man, I got to, you know, this is my opportunity. Well, as soon as I draw back, those hens, I couldn't see, I couldn't see them, but apparently they could see like something move inside the tent and they did a little bit of a putt in that 
that time also, and he was at full strut. And just as I got the full draw and that happened, he just, and this spun around, and I put it right on his drumstick and touched it off. And, yeah, I was shooting, uh, I think at that time I was shooting a Matthews Q2XL, and I put, I was shooting the NAP split fires. Oh, yeah. But then I had a Muzzy backer. Muzzy made a little, like a five-star mm-hmm. backer. So it wouldn't, I was hoping it wouldn't go all the way through, but it still just blew right through the bird. And uh, he took off and started running. He actually started flying. Well, I just grabbed hold of the tent and just, you know, flipped it <laughs> off the top of me. <laughs> I went running after him. And, of course, you know, he was out of sight. He flew right up that, uh, that two-track trail, the old grown-over two-track that he had come in on. And so I'm running up there. I got my bow in my hand. I'm trying to knock another arrow, in ca- you know, in case. And it probably was 65, 75 yards when I got up in there, and there he was piled up. You know, at that point, I'm like, oh, sweet, I got him, you know. Nice, like I said, it was like a 10, 10 inch beard. I don't remember exactly. But I picked him up, and I start walking back out, and I'm like, well, shh. I didn't even have to. I could, there was a blood trip. My boots that I looked down are just full of blood. <laughs> it was like a foot wide path. I mean, he didn't have any blood left in him, you know. Right. That's what happened. It just blew right through him and kind of tore up part of the fan where it went in, like right through the, the back side of it, and then behind the leg and come out, you know, right through the his front quarter. But so then uh, I'm like, well, I'm still sitting here waiting. So I ended up packing up my tent and got all my stuff out, brought it back, you know, carried it out to the road, and I set the bird down and I put my tent over it and I set my bow on top of that and finally my brother and my dad come showing up and they're like well what's going on and, you know how, how'd it go I'm done with this turkey hunt and I, you know threw my hat down there like, what what's 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 the matter what's going on well because I'm tagged out <laughs> what where's the bird I'm like right here and they're all excited hoping and hollering you know it was it was cool I wish they could have been there they actually had a camera I did have a camera that day, but they ended up taking it with them to try to get those guys on video dragging them dogs. Hmm. So, but so that's that's my uh, my bow hunting story for the turkeys. But since then, it was I uh, went through some rough times with my my back and work, and like I said, I've been out of it. I was out of it for a few years, so now we're back back to it. So, had you hunted before last year? Um, recently? No, I had went out. Like I said, I did. I had went out once or twice just kind of half you know just not really trying just go out spend a little time but not really yeah last year i think we were just shooting at the at the league and i was like i'm i'm going with a bow you want to go yeah heck yeah well that's the thing it was like you know (laughs) most of the guys that that was the thing most of the guys that i hunt with or you know like frank and my dad you know all those guys my you know buddy jason jason was never really too much into it but it was like if they were going to go, they were going to go with a gun. And I was like, well, you know, I want to bring my bow. And then when you were talking about it, I'm like, well, hell yeah, I'm into it. Bow hunting. I mean, it, that brought back the excitement again to me because you, you can't just. I think yeah. it brought it back for Adam, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, that last year, I mean, for the last couple of years, I've hunted really hard, even with the, even with the gun. And, it, you know, I say we get a whole months worth of, of hunting right but you know if you work every day and get you know just the weekends when everybody else is out there hunting it's it's tough so you know some days i had to be to work nine o'clock some days i had to be to work at eight o'clock but i'd get up at four and go out 
and hunt. I mean, it, it bit me a couple times. I mean, I crawled into this field where there was like, there's more times than I've ever seen together ever. I mean, there was, there were six or seven times there was a group of three or four of them all strutted up. And then there was, you know, a hundred yards across the field, you know, three or four more coming right across. And I'm just sitting there. I'm trying to film it. I'm trying to call them in. I think I was laying there with the bow. I don't remember. I mean, I hunted so much, so hard. Um, where I get into these things and then I just look, you know, it was one of those deals where, you know, we were talking about before the podcast about patience being like a real big part of, especially the later season hunting, you know, the birds, especially public land have been called to quite a bit. And so they come in quiet. Well, these birds, you know, the ones were working their way across the, the field and the other ones were just in the corner. If I'd have had all day, you right. know, I could have belly crawled over there, figured something out, but it's like, well, I still have to go to work. So, and then last year I was out, you know, trying to film, trying to, and if anybody's ever, so I, this year was the first year that I'd ever even hunted turkeys from a tent. It's always been run and gun, like no blind, no brush pile, no anything. Just get up against a tree, get under a big pine tree with some branches or whatever and, and, and call. And it's worked. I mean, I've been relatively successful in my limited career, um, just doing it that way because that's the way that I was shown how to do it. And you can do that with a gun. Yeah. I mean, that's, oh, yeah. that's absolutely. I mean, that's, that's the preferred method. I mean, you're, yeah. you're running, you know, get out, get, you kind of start judging the distance of the birds and kind of pattern out which way they're moving. Well, you're and figuring the lay of the land too, you know, right. I mean, it, it helps to know where you're hunting for one, you know what I mean? That way you, if you do hear a bird, you think, well, okay, now we can set up over here, you know, right. Uh, the birds will frequent a certain area, you know. That, you know, like, the, okay, there's a creek there. They're most likely not going to cross yeah. the creek. Or, or gonna, a fence. They're going to hang up on that side. So with a shotgun. Right. You know, so yeah. with a with a bow, you kind of you kind of have to do even a little more homework. And then then the patience part is what you're saying. Yeah. Get mm-hmm. set up. Well, I mean, what, what I was saying is that, you know, this is the first year that I ever hunted with a tent. And I never tried to film in a tent with a bow and if you've ever tried to like self-film bow hunting anyways you know that's that's one thing but you know here i am in a tent i got a big tripod in front of me i called in these birds before work you know same thing sitting there and i'm calling and there were gobbles like quite a ways away but i'm pretty much handcuffed to this spot right so i'm in this tent i've got all this gear all this stuff and all of a sudden there's two jakes like I kind of reached out and grabbed them. I mean, they were not far. And then they kind of wandered off. Well, what they did is they circled around and went out by the decoys, but they went around on the right-hand side. Well, I'm right-handed, so the tripod and everything is on the right because I'm working the camera over here. And they're right directly over top of the camera, so there's no good way to shoot over there. And I would have had no problem shooting a Jake. I mean, like I said, we'll get <laughs> we'll get into it in a minute here. But... uh you know, so those birds went off, and they went off right dead away over top of the camera. So I kind of just relegated myself to, like, that's there's no shooting there. And I, I let them walk off. It's time to go to work. And I'm there's two fields with a little fence row in between, like, with the brush and all that stuff. I throw all the stuff out of the front of the tent, and I walk out there, and I look in the field adjacent to this one. And I say, oh, man, that, that's got to be a log. That's not a tom. 
pull up my binoculars. Oh yeah. Two big toms just bull strut coming right across that other field, right, right where I'm at. It's like, I, I got my bow and I got to go to work. So <laughs> it's just, it, it's a whole nother level, you know, doing it this way and trying to film it is a whole Whoa, like another like ridiculous endeavor, but it's just something that I like, I want to do, you know, it's just <laughs> so much more fulfilling. I think, right. I mean, I don't know, but so yeah, it's, it's funny because he, John and I are talking here, you know, all we're doing it all, but we kind of learned a lot of stuff from, from Frank. So like, how did you get into turkey hunting? Actually, the, the when they first introduced seasons in Michigan, uh, we were working at down at Springs, you know, and uh, we just uh, we, we were going to go out and hunt. Well, the, we didn't know anything about it, you know, as far as call or anything like that. So uh, Rob Keck, the head of the National Turkey Foundation, had cassettes out on how to call. Well, we, all we had was box calls back then, you know, so we tried to do the best we could, you know, and then we, we went hunting. And uh, actually, we were better at gobbling with the calls, you know, because we'd put the rubber band on there, you know, and shake them, you know, the, the box call. Yeah. Tom and I called each other in that day. Oh, <laughs> well, you know, I mean, you hear you hear one. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a, that's a that's a that's Doug, a Doug Flutie. Yeah. Guy. So so then it's like you know, oh. and then all of a sudden, and here we are looking at each other. You know. <laughs> so yeah, it was it was uh, it was a lot of fun back then, even you know, I mean, because it was a new experience. You know, you didn't, uh, and then as as time progressed, you know, and then. Uh, Rod Benson, you know, I, I got introduced to Rod Benson, and and uh, that's where I really learned, you know, how to call turkeys, you know. But, uh, yeah, it was, uh, you know, just over the years, you know what I mean? Every, like I said, though, ever since there was there were seasons in Michigan, I've hunted them here, you know. Went to the UP and stuff. And For some people that don't recognize, maybe maybe they don't recognize the Rod Benson name, but yeah. Rod, Rod Benson Game Calls oh, yeah. is, yeah. you know, was one of the big, big turkey call. And his his brother and nephew lived right across the road from where I live, you know. Right. And the house across the road, and that's, uh, Scotty and I hunted a lot together, you know. And we tried filming a little bit too, you know, and, and uh, we had a couple, couple of sets where I called hens in. And, I mean, he had them on film, and it was so cool. You know, I mean, how they come in in there, they they you know you you mimicking them, you know. Oh yeah. And it was just it was it was some really cool footage, you know. So then you actually, you you went and did seminars or oh yeah, I, re- I repped his calls for for quite a while. Right. So. Yeah. Yeah, I'd go all over the, the state of Michigan, and then I went Pennsylvania and stuff, and you know, it was it was it was a fun time. So when we talk about Uncle Frank calling birds, obviously he can. He can call pretty damn good, so. Well, you know, we've, we've shot a few of them, yeah. you know. I mean, he's got a different perspective on it, too, um, because one of the, I think, I think it was the first, it was the second bird that I hunted. It may have been the first time that I hunted with Frank. We went out to this spot, and, I mean, the, the spot that 
he took me as a spot that I, it's like the go-to spot now. It's like, there's birds there. I know that they're there. I know what they do. doesn't matter what time of the year. I know exactly like what's going to happen. It's just a matter of like, I can make it happen. But we were actually, it was like one o'clock in the afternoon. We were getting ready to leave. And uh, Frank, it was kind of like what I just said. You know, we're leaving. We're looking across this field and there's something out there. And he's like, that's, that's Tom out there. And it was a long ways away, a long ways away. And he's like, that's a Tom. I said, that's a log. That's a, a log. Stump. It's a stump. He said, that's a stump. Not and then all field. of a sudden, just like you said, whoop, it went down. I said, oh, that's Tom. It heard the truck, you know. So we looped around and field makes like an L. And we sneak in there and get set up. And he's like, just sit here. It might take a long time. This is the spot. This is where they're going. This is where they're going. Remember? Yeah, you did. I was yeah, on the edge. You of were the, on the edge of the field, of the woods right, to, there. right to the edge of the, the cuttings. But he's day. calling, and I mean, it's it's one o'clock. If you've ever been turkey hunting in the spring, it's you know you're up at four in the morning, and then by the time that sun hits you, and so <laughs> I just fell asleep. <laughs> I literally fell asleep, and I woke up, and I looked out there, and that time was probably. 80 to 100 yards away and then there was a hen about 8 yards away and then a spider crawled up my shirt and was dancing around on my chest <laughs> and then by that time the hen was right at my feet so I'm just standing there and you know I'm just sitting there I got my legs crossed and the barrel's right between barrel of guns right between my uh, boots there and I'm just trying not to move, and I can feel the spider like crawling all over, and the hen just going, prick, prick, prick. you know, she's not alarm putting, but she's just, you know, purring, clucking right there. And they're working their way towards their decoys, and I'm looking, and it's a big, big bird. I said, well, if he gets right between those two trees, I'm going to shoot him. He's just got to go a little pow, and I just, just dusted him right there. I jumped up, and he didn't even move. He didn't even flop around. There was no having to go finish them well, off. There was a long time here, though, that uh, I didn't see a lot of movement over there by you. you no, know, I was and sleeping. I, and I'm thinking, man, he don't see that turkey. That turkey come for how long did we call? Two hours. Two hours. Never never gobbled once. Never made a sound. Okay. And I actually, my, my butt fell asleep, you know, <laughs> and it was one of them deals where he wasn't moving, you know, and I'm going, and I'm, and I'm looking out in that field, and I don't see nothing, you know. So I it was a like a plowed field, wasn't it? Mm -hmm. So I I get up and I start to arch my back and I look down the edge of the woods and there he is strutting, you know, like he's probably 100, 150 yards down there. So I just slide back down, you know, continue to call just like I did before. Well then, I saw turkeys, you know, I kind of lost sight of him. He come around. There was a little corner there, wasn't mm -hmm. there? And all of a sudden, I see a turkey go into the other side of the field, like the tree line over there, and I thought, oh, man, that was him, you know, and he left. Well, that wasn't the case. It was it was uh, hens, apparently, and then some of the hens come out and circled out, and he just stayed in the field, and he just kept working his way really slow, right. you know. Well, then, I don't know, like I said, uh, you know, when he saw him, you know, he probably just got up from 
you know, his nap, his nap, you know, and, and there, the, there the bird was, you know, <laughs> well, then he's got turkeys in front of him too, you know, by the decoys and everything else, you know, there's turkeys everywhere, you know, and, but I, I honestly thought at first, you know, I thought, well, uh, I don't know whether I should stop calling because I, you know, when that bird left the field, I thought it was him, but then I see him again, you know, and because I kind of stood up again and looked, and oh, oh, he's right there, you know. <laughs> so sit back down. So did you have like your whole plethora of calls out? Well, or? yeah, you know, I have the. Oh, it's you a. You know how I do the. <laughs> it's a buffet. Yeah, <laughs> I do the. You know, I have have learned over the years that the more noise I could make, sometimes the better off it is, <laughs> you know, because I I'll go through every call in my in my vest, and sometimes as hard and, and long as I can and then just shut up, you know, just let them go. And if, and if within a half an hour, something's, if they're around, they're going to make a noise. They're going to, they're going to want to know where all that stuff right, went, you know? So it's just kind of a deal where I've learned over the years, you know, where you just, you know, everybody's, oh, I do this soft calling. Yeah. I'll tell you, I'll show you soft calling, you know? <laughs> But I mean, soft calling works too, certain, you know, situations, but for the most part, you're hunting in the middle of the day and you want to find turkeys, you know, you know, there's turkeys in the area. I go out there and I do them all, man, do them all hard and just shut up, you know, and then take a nap. I've done that <laughs> last year I, or the year before I did it, woke up and I'd probably slept for a half hour. I thought time to kill a turkey, you know, I hit the call. First call I hit, turkey's cobbled in. Here they come, you know. So it's one of them deals, you know. They're just, you know, they're waiting to hear that again, you know. They don't go away, you know. Those turkeys don't go to another state or another county, you know. Right. Those turkeys have a deal that they do every day, you know. And, and once you hear a turkey gobble, doesn't mean some of them, if they're with hens, you know, they will go, you know, right out of here. You know, they're, they're gone. But for the most part, if you have toms by themselves or toms with hens and then the hens go to the nest or whatever, those toms are going to look for that, that, that sound. Right. So this is something to think about, you know? Yeah. I mean, what you were talking about, that is like, what, what turkeys do they have this thing? And if they're with hens, and you were talking about earlier about m mimicking the hens and how oh, much yeah. fun that is. I mean, I took my brother and his wife out. And they'd never turkey hunted before. And my brother is like just about clinically deaf. Um, as far as like he, he's a, he's a doctor and he was at the, he did a rotation with the ENT and they like looked at his hearing and it was like, this can't be your hearing. Cause it's so bad. Like people that have this bad of hearing are like drop out of school and they, cause they, they don't hear. And, uh, so <laughs> that was, that was difficult. You know, because we got out of the car, and that's basically that same spot. And turkeys were gobbling. His wife and I are going, you hear that? They're right over there. And I'd been in there a couple of days before, and I heard them. So I wanted to move in further on where, where I thought they were roosted. And we went out there, and I was 100 yards away from them. And uh, turkey was gobbling, but the hen, there was like, it must have been like whoever was the boss hen. But she was cackling and just... <laughs> you know, just cutting. And I just did everything that she did. And I mean, I called her right past them. I mean, at like 15 yards where we messed up is 
I put my decoys like where it was a good spot for me, but not a good spot for them because it was down in this little dip. They were up above the decoys, so I don't think the turkeys ever saw any of the decoys. But that hen came right over there and right past me and ended up calling in another hen from the other way, like right up to me where I couldn't even move because she was so close. But that turkey went by him, and this is, again, the same thing like what happened to me the first time. I should have told him. My brother had Frank's BPS 10 gauge with what? what's the choke that's in that? Oh, the one that's in it now? Yeah. I don't even know what's in it. I don't know. You could shoot it. It's it's a Terminator or something like that? You could could shoot a turkey at 60 yards and not even think twice about it. And uh, believe me. (laughs) Um, But so he's got that gun. And these turkeys go by at like 35 yards. And this is like, I mean, you know, everybody has some level of like exaggeration, but like where I was at a hundred yards from him, it was the world record turkey. It was dragging on the ground. It's the biggest turkey that I've ever called in or seen, you know, and he just lets it walk by. He's like, it wasn't far enough. And it wasn't, it wasn't close enough, you know, and it goes by and I mean, it passed by me at 60 yards and I'm going, man, if I had that gun, I might, <laughs> I might consider it, you know, cause it was huge. And uh, so all the turkeys go away and all the calling ceases and I walk over to him and he's like, what's going on? This is a great spot. I'm like, this is turkey hunting, you know, that those were the birds, <laughs> you know, they start here, they go there, you know? So if you can, if you can figure them out like that, you know, they start here, and, uh, and you know, they, <coughs> everybody talks about you know roosting your birds, knowing where they're roosted, and all that. You know, and I I used to do that a lot. Say, we know. used to do that all yeah. the time. Yeah, we'd, well, we'd make sure they were roosted. You know, knew where they were roosted. You go in there in the morning, but the thing of it is, usually in the morning when they come down, those hands are right there with them. Right, and them hands, as soon as you start calling, they're they're, they're vocal. They're pulling them away. Yep. They're going to pull them them toms away. So unless you can guess the right, you know, direction right. that they're going to go in. Yep. The other thing, too, is back when we first started in Michigan, we had a cutoff time. We couldn't hunt right. past you a could certain only, time. You could only hunt till like 4 or 4.30 yeah. in the afternoon. So then you had to, you know. Yeah. Put the guns had, away. Put the guns away, and then we'd just yeah. go around and look for we'd birds. look for birds. And, okay, they're in this field, and we'd put them to bed and. So it was a little bit different back then. Now there's no, you know, cutoff time. You know, like I say, so now it's more or less just I, I like to hunt a spot in the area, you know. Right, because you know the birds frequent that area. Exactly. You kind of know their pattern on which way they're moving through. During and I guess thing. I guess that's because of the the numbers of birds now, you know. I mean, because back, back then, right, you didn't have the numbers, so you, you had to know where a turkey was roosting. Well, right. well, so like getting into that spot mentality, that's that's kind of what happened last year. Like for our for our opener, so we all went and hunted together, and uh, I think it was kind of like a transition into like the way that we're going to hunt this year. Yeah. It was just like day one, trial one. It was it was an adventure. So whoa, whoa. so, Chris, but, but Chris and I found that spot looking for mushrooms. Yeah. That's that's what it was. Yeah. So so tell us about like that. What was so intriguing about that spot? You just found a bunch of turkey tracks or there was like it was like some sort of cutting like it was right on in the federal middle. land and, and and they they made these 
plots, I guess you would call it. They just push all the trees up. Right. Uh, and it was just like a berm all the way around there, you know, but it was it was just dirt all the way across. It's like a little dirt field. Well, when Chris and I went in there looking for mushrooms, you know, around the edges and stuff, a lot of popples and stuff, pines, walked into that, that opening and, and, I mean, it was just turkey tracks all over, strut marks dust everywhere, bowls. dust bowls, you know. I mean, I, like I said, you know, when I told you guys, I said, this this is a spot. And man. when you were hunting mushrooms, what, what time of uh, year was that? Was that end of the turkey season Yeah, you, already? You, so you, so you didn't see a lot of guy tracks back there, right? No, no, I didn't see, you know, any human sign really in there, you know, so. Right, and that was, that was a new push-up. Too. Right, they, they had just done that last fall. Actually, is when they did it. Right, so not so, so it was a new kind of a new area. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's so an it, old area, but with a new was it a new twist? You yeah. know. So Frank says, "You guys, all right? I got the spot. We're gonna go in there." Well, John's got a pretty big blind, but it's not big enough for three guys. And so we're like, "We're gonna try filming it, and you're gonna call, and we're all gonna have our bows." Right. And so Frank's set out there um, behind like a. Well, I mean, I got one of the Primos. The like mesh. Pull up with line, the, with the stakes. Stake line. Yep. And so Frank's next to us with the smorgasbord of calls. Like he needs the, that whole Primos thing to just hide <laughs> all the calls. And so we get in there and it was, we got in there in plenty of time. It was dark. Well, yeah. When we first got out of the truck, we heard a. Yeah, gobble and gobble. on the other side. Other of side of the well, it was on the other side of that creek. Yeah, yeah. two track, which was on, right. and then the creek on the other side right. of that. Yep. So, so we so we get in there, and I don't know. We weren't in there very long, and you, Frank started calling, and then there were birds gobbling, and then they just didn't stop. It was yeah. like he would call, they'd gobble, then he'd stop, and then they'd gobble, and then. It was just like, it was just constant. And like, you could just tell that they were just yep, coming. Way. And then it ended up, it was a set of three Jakes had come in and there, we had a, a decoy set up. It was just a hen decoy or it was a hen and a Jake. Hen and have, Jake. We, we didn't have a, a Tom decoy no, set up. No, not a Tom. A hen and a Jake. But there was like this bush, right? From the perspective that John and I had. And so I'm on, I'm to the left of the John and shooting back to the right, he's sitting next to me with the camera. Turkeys came right behind that bush. And Frank, you could have killed them, right? Yeah. As they came in. Yeah. And so you're like, oh, it's going to happen, right? Well, I knew it was. So, you, <laughs> you know? And I, then. I figured both you guys were going to shoot, you know? <laughs> and then they came like, one of them came like right almost up to the decoy, but it was still behind that bush from like our perspective. And then they just turned around and. Walked off. Yeah, they just kept on going left. Yeah, they just left the field off. And the, kind of in the same direction that they were headed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They kind of cut through the field like east to west or west to east and kept on going. And then I was like, well, shit, they were still gobbling. Yeah. Well, and well, I asked you guys. Remember the what, question say, I what? What, you're not going to shoot a Jake or what? Yeah, that's what I, you know, I was <laughs> you going to shoot a Jake. You're not going to shoot a Jake? And we, we no, got we an awesome have... video of it. I mean, it was, it, I mean, they were it, right it, there. It, what was the answer? No, we didn't have a we shot. We didn't have a shot. shot. I said, okay. <laughs> so he, so. he calls him back in. Well, but before it, it was, bef- it was in between all the, the ruckus 
that he called that long beard. That one went across the end of the it field. It went across like 80 yards, yeah, 100 yeah. yards down that, that push-up. Yeah, off to the left. And that bird got in behind us. He was pretty close to us, but, you know, that was. He you know, like circling back. Yeah, being in the tent and stuff, you know, you're not going to get a shot at that bird. Even if he did come in there, unless he came out into that where we had the setup at. I don't remember if he shut up or, or what. I think eventually he did. No, he I'm talking about Colin. Like, what oh, happened, oh, like, oh. after that? You just started calling hard again, I thought. Oh, I called, called really hard is what I really started banging on the calls. Yeah. And then, then when them birds, you, you heard them, and when they were, every time they do, blah, 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 yeah. like that, well, then I knew they were coming back. And then and they, I could see them in the corner right where they left. They came right back yeah, in the same came place. straight back in and then come right in towards the decoy. Yeah, and then, <laughs> so if you, I, I posted a picture up and it's not the most flattering picture of John, but it's, it's like, like a very poignant, um, snapshot of like what, what happened because, because that turkey, the, those jakes came right back and this time they came right out. And so, I mean, I'm, we're, we're sitting right next to one another and I'm watching on the like little screen on the video camera like what he's seeing and i see they get like between between the windows on the on the tent and i'm like i'm gonna draw i'm gonna draw so i draw and i'm just holding it there and uh they're behind that bush again and i pull up and i start to aim in he moves the camera well like when we were talking to zach when we were talking you know to to garrett there you know, if you're filming with somebody, you got to have that, like, bit of communication. Well, I didn't ever say, are you on him? Because I was kind of, like, watching the the screen, you know. So he had no idea. And we could have let those turkeys come. Oh, yeah. they were. Uh, that was the thing. I'm like, he's going to let them get right out in front of us. And all of a sudden, twack. <laughs> what the hell? So if you go on Instagram, like, John's lean forward and his eyes are, like, huge. They're They're, like... <laughs> it's just it's so funny but that is exactly what happened because he was so surprised that the bow went off like when it did and, that uh, i was surprised at the outcome of the shot too well <laughs> yeah yeah i mean i was excited i shot right just right over top of him but i mean so the first first trick you ever shot at with the with the bow how'd that turn out so about the same <laughs> so yeah I, sh- I shot at him and uh you put a good shot on that stump yeah, I hit I hit the stump. the stump. I think one of the fletches hit that turkey in the back because oh, yeah. he like flipped it, around. Yeah, I, was... I know it. When you shot, I heard that thwack, you know, but and I couldn't tell like where the arrow went, you know, right. on the bird. But when we reviewed the footage, you could tell it like <laughs> I think it just kind of slapped him. Slapped him right on top of the back, you know. Yeah, because I I seen that red knock and I was yeah. like, oh man, that was like right. Right over his back. But you can definitely hear that sound, though, <laughs> in the, you know. Yeah. What was it? 17 yards. Right. <laughs> it wasn't. I mean, it was It was right there. <laughs> Shoot that every week. <laughs> no problem. Oh, the way you've been shooting, I mean, that's that's money. Right. You know? Well, that's the way I've been shooting. It's <laughs> or me. <laughs> I might have <laughs> killed the one in the back. Yeah. <laughs> on accident. I could have I probably got him when he ran off the other end. <laughs> But so I think last year that was the first first try at, at that for us. Yeah. And so I think this year that's the way that we're that's what we're moving towards is gonna be 
right. hunting that same way, filming and, um, you know, kind of doing it in, in groups. We talked to Frank's son, Chris, and he seems pretty into oh, it. Right. He hasn't turkey hunted in a, in a bit. And my brother, my brother Drew has never turkey hunted in his life, has no interest, but he says, well, I'll run a camera. And I think for anybody that's ever turkey hunted, as soon as you hear that first gobble, I think you're hooked. And I oh, think, yeah. you know, when you get them in there 10 or 15 yards and they're spitting and drumming. Yeah, that's, that's what I was going to say. And, and you can't, you can't kill them. Something's happening, you know, where you're in a situation where, you know, you're not, you can't move or whatever. And go yeah, ahead. Yeah. And I mean, that. say that's, that's what I was going to say. You know, my wife, she's, she killed a really big bird with, with no beard. Uh, like it either rotted off or been shot off or something like that. What happened to but, it? Uh, big old turkey. But that that turkey never gobbled. No. And uh, she she was basically just in turkey hunting for the snacks and time with her dad because it was it, it kind of goes gas station to gas station where you get a, <laughs> a piece of pizza here and a <laughs> donut donut and, you know some some coffee or whatever. Back coffee. in the old days, it was, <laughs> oh yeah, uh, the old pudding pies. Oh yeah. <laughs> but we yeah. are out in a, a spot behind uh, Frank's and he calls in this bird. It was gobbling, gobbling, and then nothing. But it was, I don't, I couldn't even tell you. It was probably 25 feet away from us. Spit drumming, just going. (laughs) And Casey never heard that sound. She didn't know what it was. And it was so close. uh, Frank and I, you know, we we were sitting basically back to back on either side of this tree. Well, the turkey was on the other side of the tree, so he couldn't call or do anything anymore, and the turkey was right turkey there. came right in behind. It came right to the call. Right dead to me from the old fence line there, and then it went around the tree. As soon as it got to the end of the, the pine boughs, it saw the decoy. Well, it stopped right there, and just that's where the drumming and spitting right. was, you know. It never gobbled again right there. Well, and she was in one of those uh, turkey vests, so yeah. she was locked in. So she couldn't, she wasn't very mobile. Right. And so we, by the time we got her out of that, the, the turkey had kind of walked away, but it was coming around this big branch. And I was telling her, get ready. He's going to be right there. And uh, she's like, I can't see him. I don't know what's going on. He got far enough away that Frank just, he gobbled and she jumped about three feet. It was like, <laughs> oh my gosh, it was so close and so loud. And I don't think anybody that enjoys being outdoors or like, you know, that hunts or anything, you could be in that situation and not be like, I want to do this again. I want to, you know, and I think that's kind of like what I was talking about when you say like at the beginning of the season, when it's just like, get out of the truck and shoot them. Well, you, it's a lot of that is kind of lost on you. I really love calling the birds. You know, I've shot my share. I still enjoy it, but I want to do it with a bow now. But calling turkeys is, is that's fun for me. And you've not, so as, as he's, as these guys are giving me a bunch of crap for what happened last year, you've not killed one with the bow. No. And what happened the last time you shot at one with the bow? Tree. Tree. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, so it's not, it's not like. I schwacked it. Um, I'm sitting here. <laughs> Oh, amongst yeah. no, no, no. I mean that. That was very. That was a very easy shot. But well, I mean, was, I was, you know, I was I pretty mean, excited. Was a, there was a degree of difficulty there, you know, as far as adrenaline, you know, and the, and the whole nine yards. But yeah, I was, I was flinging them like Robin Hood that that first. But I mean, hey, that's like I say, guns, they're dead, right? You know, we probably killed all three of them birds. 
right there. Oh, yeah. last year, easily. Yeah, and and you know, it's especially just, with the turkey guns we got. You know, oh, yeah, with the ten yeah. gauge. And, yeah, but I mean, you know, it's no gimme. You know, nothing. I mean, turkey hunting with it with the guns even no gimme. You know, what I right? Mean? But a bow is is that much more difficult. You know, right? It and changes then, things for. For strategy, and then trying to film it, and right, oh, and then trying to know. film it, and then being in a tent and trying right. to, you know, you got coordinate everything, you know, with two the, guys that are you got a collar outside, right. you got two guys, you got one guy filming, you got got one guy with a bow in there, you know what I mean? It's so it's very difficult to coordinate all this, you know. But th- what we're gonna try it again this year. I would, oh, we'll do it. I'm excited. I'm. Last year was just kind of like a throw, like I said, it was just thrown together. and yeah. we, we only ended up doing it like one time, all of us together. And that was exciting to me, though. So I'm excited oh. for this year. Mm-hmm. And I think, I, I mean, for John and I, at least, you know, for me, as I see it as a, a kind of like a trial run for like when we go elk hunting, if we're going to exactly. try and film right. it or do anything, I mean, right. we're going to have to be kind of in sync even as far as like the calling and like like whatever so if you want to throw a video camera in that it's like well yeah you know last week we talked about elk hunting and mark goes out there and he's just like well you know i'll just try and out there it'll shoot elk no problem but you know to try and go and and go out there your first time try to call and move around and then be like oh well let's try and get on video too why not it's not going to be hard enough Let's try and do it all. We're going to go from zero to freaking, you know, full out all in one shot. We're not going to ease into this. We're going to just go. But I get getting familiar with equipment and, you know, all that sort of thing. This will be like our little test run. Well, then, like I say, this fall, you know, bow hunting deer too, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but we'll be in, we'll we'll be in Idaho before. Well, exactly. Yeah, but like you're saying, like it'll, it'll be a good, good chance for. Right, you, you know, and Chris it, it, and, give us and Drew and some idea, you know, of right. what you know what we got to do. And Chris, earlier on the one of the earlier podcasts, we were talking about how excited Chris was uh, this year, and you know how he hunts and, and whatnot. Is when he was filming, he was like excited because he he's been out hunting and he's hunted with you a lot when he was young. I hasn't hunted a whole bunch recently, but you know he he'd shot his deer and he was like, "Well, I'll just film for you." I think he was excited just to watch the whole thing unfold. And I think that that's what's really cool about it, too, is that even if you're videoing, you get to see how the other guy handles the situation. You're kind of just playing off of him versus, right. you know. And I think well, I think sometimes, too, you know, you see this, the hunter doesn't see the deer or, or, or know he's coming, and, and the cameraman, oh, hey, you know. Right. right here, you know. He's getting all nerved yeah. up and excited. Or, or, like, or the other guy, the hunter. Well, and that's know, what hey, happened. Chris, right here, Chris seen know? those deer before I did. Yeah. And he's, he's, go, he's like, trying to signal me. Because we are in two different trees. We are right. 10 right. yards apart, you know. I look over at him, and his eyes are as big as John's when I let that arrow go. <laughs> and he's going, like, they're right over there, you know. But. Yeah, he said it. He was he was shaking like he, like he had just shot when you yeah. yep. when that went down and that when he was filming for you. Well, that's so. what it's all about. So that's, that's that's cool. Just another form of you know excitement. Yeah. Well, and I think that with with this podcast and with with everything that we're doing is for me, I want to get rid of. I'm not a a selfish guy. So the whole this is my spot. This is my deer. This is my. I don't subscribe to that. I want to bring everybody in. And I want to have a good time. I want to have the 
camaraderie and all that stuff and be able to share it with somebody because i mean as you know you can kill as many big bucks as you want to but if there's nobody there to look at them you know if you don't have anybody to share it with it doesn't really matter and it's it's weird because i think that as everything is progressed like in my hunting and this is with with deer because turkeys are always like a they play second fiddle like and i think i think they're more exciting to hunt but you don't get to show them off as i mean it's not that it's like oh you shot a nice bird but like oh where were you going deer hunting it, it doesn't have that same right that same flair so it's a little bit different but i think you know even in the earlier podcast when we were talking about it it's like everything's got to be inches now you can't just say i shot a 10 pointer i shot a right. eight pointer like yeah. whatever it's got to be well how big was it how many years and you guys know me it doesn't have to be a 140-inch deer or a 130-inch deer. It doesn't have to be a 140-pound deer. <laughs> 13-inch? I'm just saying, you know. Killed uh, a lot of me. You know, I mean, and, and I've, shot, I've shot a lot of deer in my lifetime. No monsters, you know. But I enjoyed every one of them, you know what I mean? Right. I enjoyed the hunt. I enjoyed, you know, taking the animal, you know, but. But you know, it's, it's 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 all an adrenaline rush, you know, every time. But I think, like again, like beyond that, like what I was saying is that, like maybe that's why I like turkey hunting. Also, I, I really like like the challenge and like the back and forth with the turkey. Right. But nine times out of ten, you always have somebody to share it with. You're yeah, you're with you're somebody. with somebody, and yeah. that's one of the things that you know. If you watch, I think probably. That's what drew you to the watching the elk, right? You know, with the born and raised guys, is they're in a group. Like when I, when when Chris was telling me about the hunting public, it's like they they hunt as a group, they hunt as a team, and it, to be able to share that and be able to like, you know, raise up from somebody else's success is is totally different than you know that whole go out by yourself and right. you know, right. I, I don't know. But for me, I, I think that's what I'm most excited about coming up is doing it and being able to share it, not only just with us, but if we video it, then you can share it with whoever you want. And, and exactly. that's that's the whole thing about videoing is that if you get it on video, all the cool things that you've ever seen, you could say, look at that. Could you imagine right. that? You know, I mean, that's the thing. Like, you can go out and you, you can experience this hunt, you know, by yourself or even with someone. But if you don't have it on film... You know, trying to relive it or, you know, right. you know, tell the story. Right. I mean, that's part of it. But if you got it on film, now everyone can like, wow, that really happened. You know, and that's what's so cool. Like, you're talking about the Born and Raised, the, the Land of the Free Project. I just, I couldn't stop watching it. You know, those guys, like, start, it starts out almost like so fast. and But then they have the ups and downs. And then they go through the lulls of bad shot or, or bad hit, you know. Right. Tra- tracking them and stuff but those guys i mean if you watch their their whole series the 50 days you know five states you'll see that those guys are like selfless i mean mm-hmm. and and that's that's kind of like what that's like the role model i'm i mean i want to follow that right and i'm looking forward to it like this year and with turkey season you know with everything i mean if you have someone to share it with and you know be in the woods with that's that's even better. So. Yeah, so like I say, that that's what we've got coming up this year as far as, as turkey season goes. Uh, so our turkey season will start basically May 1st. It, it's a couple days here or there. 
Um, and then we'll have basically until Memorial Day. That's the, the end of the month. Yeah. Memorial yeah. Day weekend will be the last. Yeah. And I shot the, I think the last turkey that I shot, which was this monster bearded hen, which is a whole nother <laughs> adventure on its own. Um, but that was the day before Labor Day weekend. So that was a Thursday or a Memorial Day. That was a Thursday before Memorial Day weekend. Um, so it was the last chance that I was going to get to hunt. Uh, and then this year I hunted all Memorial Day weekend with a bow. And the last day I took a gun out and I belly crawled across the field for two hours and missed a Jake at 30 yards with a gun I wasn't familiar with. It was just an adventure. And I had that on film and I shared it with a, a 13 year old kid who was just so excited about hunting. And he was, he was like, I'll film you. I'll go out there. You know, we were, we were camping and I had to work the weekend and I got up every day at four and he was out there outside of the camper, you know, <laughs> ready to go. So I, it, it's all about sharing it with somebody else. And, and that was so exciting. So much fun. So yeah, this year we're going to be doing some filming. We're going to be hunting as a group. And we're going to be hunting with the bows. And we're going to be doing uh, the hex suits, right? I think. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. So we got to get those on order. Yep. So what are. So I've, ta- I've talked to a bunch of people that don't have any idea what those are. So. So the hex suit is. Um, well, let's see. Mike Slinkard. Okay. If you listen to uh, Knock On podcast, you can search. Uh, bow hunting ninja knock on and that's the one we listened to on the way down to the ata mm-hmm. and they go into the hex suit or you can go to and it's hex h-e-c right so hunting with the hex but, but what is it it I mean. is a let's get into it it's a suit that helps dissipate or uh, eliminate eliminate your electrical field each you know our bodies as a living human gives off an electrical current. That's how our they cells work. They say every work. living thing does. Yes. That's how your that's how your cells work is the electrical current. I mean, real small. But anyway, so we give some and it's proven in like migratory birds and fish and sharks and stuff, they can basically see that electrical field. That's how they see it. And so and there's actual studies done to prove it in fish and in uh, migratory birds. They're going to start getting into like the deer and uh, mammals uh, with that now. But but anyway, so with the turkeys, if you if you go onto YouTube and you can uh, search hex suit, and there's some pretty interesting uh, hunts where. One guy's actually crawling out to some jakes that are in strut. And, you know, he's doing it real slow. But I know for a fact I've been sitting 100 yards, sitting at a tree full camel with birds coming in at 100 yards and just do one little move and they spot that and they're they're gone. Right. So it's it, this is some pretty uh, exciting technology. Right. So. And it's going to be pretty interesting because, like, I am, as I said before, extremely frugal, and I am pretty much skeptical. I love gear and all that sort of stuff, but as far as, like, 
this sounds like mumbo jumbo, <laughs> right? Yeah, oh, exactly. So <laughs> it sounds like this is like the most ridiculous thing that I've ever heard. I mean, if if you can have this giant debate about scent control and whether as a human being, like I can smell Frank from here, right. you know, I know that that really does exist. And there's this huge debate of whether you can just play the wind or you need all the scent eliminator, you need Ozonix, you need all this stuff. And there's a huge debate about something that I can physically sense. Right. And so now here's this product that says, there's something that may or may not exist. <laughs> you know, like you can't see it, but these creatures may be able to, or this one can. What? So, so, you, so you, you, you have this, but so I've, I've put a couple feelers out there in like it, the, our, our podcast is, um, in the infancy. So we're not getting paid or, you know, we're buying these suits, right. you know, just because it's intriguing really. And it's, it's one of those things where if we all don't have it, then it's a just like, right. th- th- we can't use it as like a good study. Right. You yeah, know, you gotta have a- everybody has to be on the same page with this. So it's like, well, it's interesting enough. So I put a couple feelers out there to say, Hey, have you heard about this or whatever? And it turns out that there's a lot of people that have never heard of it, which I mean, if you can't see it or smell it or, or whatever, why would it even be on your radar? But there's a guy at the Bowman's Club, you yep. know. Yeah, he was wearing a hex hat. I'm like, hey, have you uh, do you try that, or do you have just a hat, or do you? He's like, oh yeah, I have a suit. He's like, it works. He's like, I turkey hunt with it. He's like, you can't be making a bunch of fast movements or anything, but he's like, it. He's like, I feel it definitely works. Yeah. Well, and so matter of fact, he just bought another suit. He had bought a uh, one of the bigger suits that the basically a coverall suit go mm-hmm. over your. And it's camo. So we're looking at more of the base, base layer or the layers. under. But to to go into this a little bit, the three of us had talked about this, you know. Uh, how many times have you been sitting there in a tree, deer comes in. Younger deer doesn't really seem to matter that much. Older does maybe or older buck comes in, gets to a certain distance. All of a sudden, wind's perfect. Everything's perfect, right? Haven't moved anything. Nothing. Deer stops. Starts looking around. They say that's the sixth sense. Right. Well, that's... Well, what that is, is that electrical field you're giving off, he feels that. Yeah. And that's why he stops there. That's that's my... That's what I'm thinking. Well, this... Because, uh, like, like I say, younger deer and stuff... Not so much. Older deer? They're in tune to it. They're in tune to that, you know? That's how they get older. And so, yeah. So, with this uh, hex suit, um, they make, they're really big into, uh, like, the spear fishing. Or actually, right. their Navy SEALs are starting to wear them now. They right, said. right. Military. And the military use them. Uh, they said, if you are interested in it, go to the the knock on podcast or you can go to the hex suit dot com or or search it on google and it'll come up and uh, another one that's big into i think is scott eastman he's a, a partner i think on it and look on their instagram he's he's into the spearfishing side of it right. he has some really cool photos i watched their show the other night hunting oh. with the hex oh did you on, on the 
you know, I'm not sure whether it's sportsman or outdoor, or whatever. There, but the the guy is a diver. Okay. okay, he's got the gloves and the suit on. Yep, and he's actually like puts his hand on a lobster on his back right here. You know what I mean? Touch it and then yeah. doesn't even. It, it, it's not moving. It's not trying to get away or anything. You know what I mean? He's but he's he's right there. He's got his fingers right on that thing. Yeah, that's the new uh, show that they're coming out with. That's the one that they were actually Mike Slinkard's talking about yeah. with John Dudley, where he ends up getting out of the redneck blind and sitting on the edge of his field, right, in a chair, right, and has a mature doe come in and uh, you'd have to listen to it, but he like blows a shot, but still, yeah. So for those that are more cynical, like I mean, I'm thinking about this, like. I see a lot of stuff on the outdoor channel where I say, yeah. well, they're in a pen or, I mean, like the big bucks of Tecumati. I mean, they're on a giant tripod blind with a hundred, you know, right. thousand yard two track and they're just shooting down there at a so feeder. So I, I can't really put put a whole lot behind that. So here's the other <laughs> thing too, though, is everyone, anyone that's listened to this podcast knows that I'm a huge mm-hmm. John Dudley fan and... When we uh, when we were down at ATA and we sat and talked to him, you know, we talked about a, a bunch of stuff from scent control, scent control, the whole nine yards. You know, which I I'm not a big you know believer in you know the whole. I mean, I believe in trying to control your scent, but there's nothing that's going to eliminate your scent. No. And but and and he you know we talked about that and he's kind of on the you know same page as that. But like with this suit, he won't put his name on something that he don't believe in right. or believe in it works. I mean, it's, that's his livelihood, you know. He, right. And and he tries stuff out before, and he's worn it for years. And he finally could start talking about it because of his contract with uh, Under Armour. And so now he's actually got his own – he's got one with his knock-on label, and he sells it through mm-hmm. his website. So, so for us – you know, to invest. I mean, that's a big investment for just a, well, that, that that could be a gimmick. Yeah. Right. Well, and that, and that's but, the thing is like, like I said, I went out and there was a guy at the Bowman's club and there's a couple guys that, um, I, I talked to that, you know, that I'm in different Facebook groups with or whatever. And they said, I thought it was a bunch of crap, you know, and my cousin had one. I was back calling and the turkeys came right up to him and killed one. We went out the next day, and I wore the suit, and Turkish came right up to me, and he's like, I bought one the next day. So, you know, to talk to some, and I agree. I mean, we talked to John Dudley for a long time, and as far as as far as far an archer and all that, like, I got the utmost respect for him one way or the other. But you want to talk about the most, like, genuine guy that I saw there? I mean, Tim Wells was pretty genuine. He, he, Frank couldn't shake him. But, 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 you know, for John Dudley, like, as far as like, I think we're concerned and like one of the pinnacles of like the archery world, as far as information, we probably talked to him for two hours, you know, and it wasn't like just, I don't know, small talk or whatever. It was like, so if you were building a string, what, what would you do if you were doing this? Well, I mean, we watched him take somebody's phone. And FaceTime with somebody else that was like in a deer blind and tell him like this is what I would do in that situation. Well then yeah, he even took my he's like, Well, 
we were talking about because I had my my silver back and he took my phone. He's like, "We got any videos?" Or and so he grabs my phone and he's looking at the video and he's critiquing it and you know telling me what you know telling to move your D loop, <laughs> move my D loop down and and but but yeah, super yeah. Super I mean, genuine. so it's, it's really easy for somebody to to get paid to do something right. and then it's well, a whole well, other well, look at level. it this way too. Just the three of us right here. Mm-hmm. How much have we spent on set control in the last ten years? A lot. How much? How much have we spent? Well, I, I bought like three or four different suits. Yeah, see, I you know, I bought. I have a base layer or the, the light Savannah uh, yeah. scent lock that came out years ago. That's the only scent lock I bought. I've got scent Just, lock, scent blocker. You know. Yeah. See. I, I buy all the products, you know. I got all the scent locks. Though. You you being yeah. in the business know about this. When we were talking about it down there. This thing kills seven different uh, mm-hmm. bacteria. Bacteria, yeah. Okay, the spray. Wouldn't you rather have this one? Yeah, but if it's going to do something bad to me, yeah. <laughs> not well, and, and that's one of the things is like we we are looking at this spray and it was like you kill all this, 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 and this, and I'm like, man, that's got to be bleach. Like, yeah. I was like, right. there's no way because. The bacteria that they were, there was two bacterias on there that were really, really bad. So, like, they're the ones that there's only, like, one or two antibiotics that they can give to humans that are safe to kill them. So, if you're spraying that on you, (laughs) it's probably not safe for ingestion. And it's probably, like, a really bad stuff. So, it's got to be some component of, like, bleach or something. But... But yeah, so yeah, so you spend all this money on scent control, and there's this other thing that you don't even like realize, and, and so it's it's very intriguing, and I think we've seen enough and and talked to enough people that it's kind of like warranted, and it's it's pretty intriguing. I mean, it's not it's not terribly expensive. It's like about two hundred bucks, right around two hundred dollars. Depending on where you get, like if you get uh, the one through uh, Dudley's site. Uh, I think, and that comes with, I think it comes with the face mask. I don't think it comes with gloves. The one, and, and here's the thing, you know, like, look at your boots. You're going to spend a couple hundred bucks on boots, you know. Well, not only that, and they it, also said that that Hex, yeah. actually, like with the wetsuits, like, they come in like a three mil or a five mil or whatever it is. And so, it actually helps retain heat. Right. So, it does work as a base layer as well. You know. you know, when they first came out with all the scent control stuff years ago, we talked about wearing these dry suits, like a diver's dry suit. I said, why don't we just, you know, get one of those, you know? And basically, that's what, you know, the stuff is, I guess, you know, or whatever, you know, the uh, the scent control stuff. Yeah, the scent controls. I mean, I've always kind of been, I mean, a little skeptical of it. I mean, yeah. Uh, I bought a suit, and like I said, I bought that. Actually, it's probably been it's been twelve years ago when I bought that little that just a thin layer, and I still wear it today. I use it as a base layer, or in the warm weather, I'll use that. That's my you know just my outside camo. But I've always been more of keeping my stuff separated from household smells, and I keep a tote and I throw some. Uh, the know, earth, earth wafers. wafers or the, <laughs> John's the earth wafer and the white pine the wafer. The white pine. <laughs> oh, well, you know, or the, the white oak. White oak is my favorite. Yeah. 
And and how many times did you see me, like up in the UP, I pull them spruce boughs, you know, and throw it in there. Right. In my tote. Destroy you. you know, I, I mean, you're not going to be sent free. I mean, you want to try to be as... You don't, it's not like you want to go to the gas station no, and no. get full of gas and just traipse it through the woods. You want to be, you know, I still buy a, a bottle of the, the scent killer spray, and I'll spray my boots down with that. I, I do that every year. So what's that, like six, eight bucks for for that? Well, see, I so I won uh, the same suit you're talking about, like the Savannah suit. Mm-hmm. I won the whole getup from Ameristep at a golf outing that we were at. And so I have that, and then I've got a warmer weather one, but I buy it. Like, so we're in Muskegon, Michigan. Scent Lock is based in Muskegon, Michigan. So, like, I I had one of the first suits. Uh, my mom actually graduated with the guy that started the company. So, like, we were on board from from day one. It's just a, It was just a green suit. There was no camo. There was no anything. It wasn't right. embedded in anything. I bought it out of his basement um, when I was 12 years old or whenever that was. And so I followed along and they have some great sales on their, on their website. And I think, I mean, I got a pair of $180 pants for 40 bucks this year for Christmas. So I just look at it like that. So for the money that I spent on it, I would have spent on any other camo. I, I think kind of like on the same level as you with the scent spray is like, I feel like I'm going to try and do uh, kind of a, a, as much as I can. I'm still going to play the wind. I'm st- I mean, I don't just rely on the I suit. Think that's one well. of the biggest things, though. Yeah, but you, you can't know? just say like I'm going to. No, I'm, I'm wearing the suit, so I'm just going to go out there. Oh no! And then my no. my bow was no. in my garage, or you know, no. wherever. You're, you're, uh, you know, you have to you have to take into consideration everything with that, as far as the wind is and all that. You know. Mm-hmm. And well, but there's there's experts out there that say that they'll just shave all their body hair, antimicrobial their whole body, wear scent lock exclusively, and be extremely successful. So, but you're but you're taking everything else into consideration too. Well, you know there you know. Well, there's one which, there there's one guy that says that he doesn't play the wind, he doesn't play anything, and he's extremely successful. But then, I mean, I know lots of regular guys that are really successful that basically do all the same things with the exception of the just the scent control. I think what I've learned through doing all this and the whole like, is changing my thought process, I guess, and looking at it instead of if I spent half as much time as I spent money on gear, so if you think gear is going to make you a better hunter, that's 100% wrong. You need to spend 10% of the time scouting, 90 or hunting and 90% of the time scouting. Right. And you're going to be you know 100% more successful. Well, when I I don't I don't scout as much as I used to, older, but still got a got a feeling, you know, like when you go into an area, I I like to go into areas sometimes just walk in and hunt. Don't know anything about it. And that's probably going to be your number one chance right, right there. First, the first time. Well, I think one of the funnest stories um, between Was the two mine? of you is uh, when you killed that little four-point up by the Indian Bridge. Oh, 
Yeah, where I was going up front, and he's like, yeah. where are you going on? <laughs> heading up, heading up north. Well, I'll go with you. All right. He goes, well, I, I don't really know about a spot. Well, I'll figure it out. Split up, walked in, got down. Yeah, I got one. <laughs> that was a neat spot, too, wasn't it? Yeah, that's perfect. I've still hunt that spot. Once that, that spot was cool. But, I mean, that's that's the that's the things like, yeah, I mean, I, I get what you're saying. The, the, it's the first sit and being able to read the terrain. Yeah. I think that that's what, what we're seeing now more with Onyx and Google Earth and all the stuff is like you, like for us, okay, we're going to go out west to an area that we've never been in. I talked to a guy for two hours on FaceTime the other night and, uh, you know, he's saying, if you can get out there, and I'm like, I, don't, I just don't think it's like in the cars just to fly out there. It's 34 hour drive. So, I mean, it's a, it's damn near a week just to drive out there right. and back, you know. So uh, I, that's probably not going to happen. But you can pull up Google Earth, you can pull up Onyx, and take a look at the areas that you're get as much information as you can. On, and you know, and that's what get it is. As, get as much information as you can. If you can't go there, just get get the information. Right. You know, study it. That I think will be a big plus for you guys. But you guys catch on quick, so I mean, you know, it's not something that you know you're gonna go out there and go. Oh, man, what do I do now? You know. Well, I can tell you this: I was in the gym this morning, and I was like 15 minutes on the stair stepper, going like, "Oh my god, I'm gonna be the guy that's on, like, on the walk in." Like, oh, that, <laughs> this done. is this is a terrible idea. Wow. Well, <laughs> I, I just think you guys just need to take your time. Uh, if it if it takes you a little longer to get there, you know, in there. Don't worry about it. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. That's the thing. Is, don't overdo it, you know. Oh, that's definitely a Because you'll never see me overdoing it, I'll tell you. <laughs> you know. I don't know. You, you've you been there. Ohio, burning oh, you out. Oh, well, that, that's, you know, one of the things that I've, I've – I'm just trying to gather as much information as I can. Yeah. And it's – that was the thing. It's like kind of like pace yourself because, you know, day three is going to be the hardest day. Because you're going to finally be acclimated to the elevation, but you might have already blown your load, like, so to speak, counting calories and all sorts of things that I just haven't, you know, we, we've never really had to. My biggest thing is like, I'm, man, I'm, I like to eat. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always eat. Like today I was like, man, what do I got in the fridge? And then I started thinking about it. I'm like, well, that's really going to suck when I'm back in the Back country. Back country. <laughs> what am I going to I, I can't just eat this, gonna, this, so, and this, and that. So on the like, born and raised, you guys are you, deal out here. You, you guys will get a kick out of this. On born and raised, you, you see them making the bagels, and then they put the peanut butter and yeah. the bacon and all. Those. You know what those are called? For like what they were explained to me as? Butthole sandwiches. <laughs> because they said that if you make them up ahead of time, and then you put them in a freeze dryer, the, the no, the... The hole in the center of the bagel goes, <laughs> and it looks just like a butthole. It's like, oh, I got all sorts of tips and tricks, John. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, I'll definitely be, if that's one thing, I'll have a freaking, like, four pounds of peanut butter on me, because I, I, I eat that. Uh, no, Jerry said, I'll see hot, hot dogs and cheese. How old is Jerry? Jerry's 62. How? No, Jerry's 65. How far does Jerry get from the truck 
I'm not sure. <laughs> that's that's uh, kind of the the thing I, that we're. They, they say they walk quite a ways, but you know, I'm, I don't know. <laughs> I'd have to I'd have to see it. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, I'm I'm gonna look into uh, definitely look into like those. Uh, it's the Onyx or not Onyx? Onyx. Yeah. Makes the Tonka bars. Yep. And what about the the mountain stuff, house? The, then, the stuff the guys climb mountains. You know they're. Hydrated or whatever That's it is. Mountain yeah, house. Mountain House or, yeah. or something similar, yeah. I mean, eat a lot of those. You said there's a lot of water there? Well, yeah. So yeah. you can, you know. Yeah, yeah we'll have an Nalgene bottle or whatever they call it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's a, that's the next adventure. We're, we're So right here coming up is our turkey season is the next thing. From, from there we'll be basically getting ready for the Total Archery Challenge. Um. John's going to be building that bow. Uh, we've got a bunch of arrows, <laughs> a bunch of arrows to put together. I didn't bring them over, but i got <laughs> two dozen arrows for John to build up for me. And then this whole time is just gathering information for, for yeah. going out west. Yeah, I'm going to do some work on my bow. i got to build your bow. i got Jason's due, but that's not until he's not going to need that. Um, I still got to get Steve's bow. Yeah, the guy that messaged us. Cause he wanted to use that for spring, so we, yeah, we definitely need to get that. We don't want to leave him hanging. But yeah, we got we got a few things coming up. Um, and like I said before, um, John, uh, John has just cleaned out his garage, and it's really really <laughs> nice looking right now. And then uh, he's going to start doing some videos on putting that string together for that bow, and and, and letting you guys know what uh, what to look for when you get a used bow. And we just put that bow on the scale, and it was what? 4.4. Yeah. Yeah, 4.4 pounds. So that's going to be a great bow for, for backing in out west. It is. A, I mean, it's got an apex sight on it, so it's just the, it's like a composite sight. It might have a little bit of aluminum, but, and then the, I think that's NAP, right? Apache? Yep. Yep. Rest. That's a big rest. That's a huge housing on that rest. And it's, it's got the octane. Uh, the little octane stabilizer so yeah so i'm 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 still looking at um i'm gonna get a hold of them i was just thinking about it today because it's we're we're into march um with that site that we had talked about earlier right Um, i'm definitely gonna get a hold of them um that's a carbon site too right so that carbon fixation uh perhaps a titanium archery product stabilizer for that bow i think that's where we're leaning and we'll get a final weight. I still need to figure out a uh, quiver for it. So I'm not sure. That's one of the things, you know, for, for out west, we've never shot. I've never shot with a quiver on my bow or a pack on my back. And I've shot that. a few times just dick around, like taking it, leaving it on. Like I usually, I always have a small game arrow in mine. Mm-hmm. And so I'll make it a point to go and just shoot it. Cause like if I'm walking out in the woods, walk into a tree and I got my quiver on I don't want to I don't want to be surprised at it especially a noise or something I don't want to have some something loose big rattle yeah so I always try to shoot it a few times and it does make a little difference I mean it does have a little bit of a right you know bow's going to definitely shoot different with that on there but yeah well like when it comes to the toll archery challenge this year I'm definitely going to have it set up just just like that for out west so you can shoot with pack on maybe I don't like last year I shot with my my mule or whatever mm-hmm. and that was full so 
<laughs> Something to consider. Yeah, I seen there was a bunch of guys that do it. I mean, oh yeah, you know so, they're they're running around their full, you know, just like they're on a hunt. Right. Yeah. So so that's what we've got coming up. We're gonna get going on building that bow. Um, we've got we've got all the string. I got all the the string and yeah everything picked, for that. Picked up the new D loop today for it, the D loop and uh, so we're, we'll start working on that. But I mean we're we're working uh, working on getting you guys some some content here. It's just a little slow going. So we got turkey hunting, total archery challenge, uh, continuing our preparation for out west, and that has become I don't know basically my main focus. We do have to do, get out there and do some scouting out the. Yep, we need to do some scouting. I still have um, a tree right. stand. I got to take down. So we're gonna, we're gonna get into that. Then obviously getting ready for deer season and uh, getting out west. Not sure this summer. We have to figure out what we're gonna do beyond. I guess it's probably gonna be testing out all of our gear for out west. So it's gonna be a bunch of gear testing and gear reviews for for that sort of thing. I got a lot of a lot of stuff to try out. You know, before we get out there and. Kinda, Maybe kind of throw do a couple it. little trial runs out, right? Yeah. Maybe that'll be put right in with our scouting, and, and right. you can, right you can work on that. But uh, that's what we got going on here. Um, like I said, make sure um, to check out our sponsors there: Serviceide, Serviceide.com, and BowhunterBoxClub.com. Uh, you can use code Chronicles, and then wherever you're listening, however you're listening, uh, give us a review, good, bad, or ugly, um, just so that we can get better. Um, for you or if you're done with us for whoever whoever else and if you like what we're doing um like I say check us out on instagram or facebook and uh tell your friends but i think that's all we got for today so all right, all right. thanks see you later Bye.